Hello and welcome to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins, the program where we anticipate an experience with the Lord on each and every episode. Thank you so much for listening today, and my prayer is that you will be strengthened, encouraged, and challenged in your daily walk with the Lord as you listen. The primary purpose for this program is to be a source of inspirational truth that will not only awaken a deeper hunger within you for more of God, but also a source of encouragement when it comes to maintaining a deep passion for the Lord. Leviticus 6.12 says, The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. This Old Testament verse spoke into the sacrificial burnt offering practices of the temple, and it reflects the fact that we as the bride of Christ are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we have a responsibility to steward our walk with God and to maintain His flame that He has ignited in our hearts. I am your host, Keith Collins, and I invite you to join me now as we explore biblical truths that help us to maintain the flame of God upon the altar of our hearts. Hello and welcome to Maintain the Flame this week. I'm your host, Keith Collins, and I am blessed to know that you are listening today. You know, the last couple of weeks, we actually played a few previous recorded shows due to the fact that I was in the Philippines for about nine and a half days or so total, and um, just had an amazing, amazing time there. Just, you know, quick update. We were blessed to be able to go back to the Philippines. I've, I've been there several times over the last, I'd say, 12, 13 years or so, and you know, blessed to know several people there, actually several of our former students that were part of Fire School of Ministry, some are part of the Brownsville Revival School of Ministry in Pensacola, Florida, are missionaries there, and some have actually been there for around 20 years, so they've really invested their lives into the Philippines, and to be honest with you, being there is such a humbling experience as I, I see their lives and We've got some of the folks that are feeding some of the poorest children in the world, um, some that are working in churches. Um, some of our grads are actually rescuing young children out of um, human trafficking and providing a place for them to live and really bringing them through freedom and deliverance and then really just giving their lives for them and making sure they're educated and know the Lord really becoming, you know, parents to these young kids. So it's it's amazing, and it's humbling. Um, got another one of our grads that oversees a ministry school that I was actually somewhat a part of when it first started, um, and that relaunches again in August. Um, they had to kind of take a sabbatical or a break due to COVID restrictions, which were very intense, even more so in the Philippines and America and other countries. But Anyhow, they start back again in August. It was great to kind of hear the vision again, and, and I look forward to going back there again, probably October of this year. But the trip was amazing. I was blessed to preach at an amazing church there in Davao, um, Praise Revival Center, a pastor by the name of Al Festine, just an amazing, amazing church, an amazing ministry. And I, I've been there, I think, three or four other times, but but the Lord just really moved powerfully during my visit there. So it was just really glorious and again just thank you for those that did pray for us i know we hear from some of you as i request prayer for these trips and even as we try to raise funds especially as we're going into the the third world you know countries that are somewhat poverty stricken and some very very poverty stricken we do stuff in sierra leone at times and 
Philippines and places like that. And so anyway, it's always a blessing to know that people are praying with us, that you're standing with us. And keep me in prayer. You know, this this weekend I'll be in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Next week, next Wednesday, I fly to St. John's, Newfoundland, Canada. And I've not been there in almost four years because of COVID restrictions. But things have, you know, kind of settled down there regarding um, restrictions from the government. So I'm looking forward to being back in St. John's, Newfoundland at an amazing church there, Eastern Gate Church. And I'll be preaching there next weekend. And then in about a month, or I guess a couple of months, I'm actually going back to Sicily in Italy. And myself, as well as some dear friends, will be ministering there, really at a revival-type conference. And we're just really believing God for a supernatural outpouring. And a lot of dates in the United States coming up. If you want to look at our calendar, our travel schedule, ministry schedule, you can go to two different places, keith-collins.org. Or you can go to impactgf.org. And again, it'd be great to have you join us if you can. And uh, can I just ask you, if you would, once again, let me ask you just to keep us in prayer. You know, as the Lord has opened so many doors, we're doing radio, we're doing podcasting, we are writing books. I have another book that will come out later this year by the grace of God. We're trying to get that finished. Um, A very important thing that I believe the Lord put on my heart to write and to make available to to the people at large. You know, we are overseeing a network of leaders, many pastors, um, traveling ministers, Christian business people, missionaries, um, you know, men and women of God that are really advancing the kingdom and doing the works of Jesus. And we have a ministry network of really, I like to call it a family of leaders. We're called Impact Global Fellowship. You can visit us at impactgf.org. And, you know, if you're interested, Again, we're a family. We're not a denomination or anything like that, but we're a group of people with like passion, a heart for prayer, a passion to reach the lost, to make disciples, to fulfill the great commission of Matthew, um, Matthew's gospel. Also, you know, helping as we can to raise support, as well as, you know, being a support system to leaders where we can help mentor and even with apostolic strategy, those are some of the things that we're involved in. But if you're interested, again, visit us at impactgf.org, and there is a way to contact us through the website. And so let me give you a couple of updates real quick, and then I'll get into what I want to share for a few minutes today. But we're in the process of overhauling our website. So I have two websites. I have our ministry website or my personal website. Right now, that address is keith-collins.org. In the very near future, hopefully within a week or so, um, that will actually change to KeithCollins.net. You'll still be able to access it through the Keith-Collins.org, but we're going to try to make it easier. So that new web address will be KeithCollins.net. We're in the process of uploading e-courses, training, um, inspirational things, more articles. Um, We're really overhauling that entire website and really trying to make it more interactive and more of a blessing as we provide materials to those that that are really hungry for the Lord or that want to be blessed and encouraged and challenged in their faith and also we are also and we're kind of at the beginning of sta- at the beginning stages of this excuse me we are overhauling our impactgf.org website that um, address will stay the same that web address but there'll be a lot more material on that in the weeks ahead and we just want to encourage you to visit us again 
KeithCollins.net. That'll be coming available soon. Right now, you can access it, Keith-Collins.org and ImpactGF.org. And again, all of our information, our contact info, you can sign up for our newsletter. I send out a weekly newsletter with our um, links to our recordings, and and you know sometimes I post articles there, and and again have a lot of plans to really add more even to the weekly newsletter. But it also lets you know where we're at. It kind of keeps you up to speed with what the Lord is doing through Generation Impact Ministries and Impact Global Fellowship. So, hey, reach out to us. Um, also, if you have prayer requests, please, please, please let us hear. We have people that pray for us and with us, and we pray. And it's an honor to know that we can pray for you. It might be a ministry thing. It could be a family. It could be a health issue or a financial issue. Whatever it is, um, we want to make ourselves available to be a source of encouragement through the most powerful source, which is the source and the power of prayer. So reach out to us. Let us know what we can pray about. Or if you have questions about our ministry, maybe you have theological questions. Maybe you have ministry questions. It could be about planting a church. It could be about ministry function. It could be about the nine gifts of the Spirit. Whatever it is, um, you know, feel free to reach out to us. I don't claim to know everything <laughs> after 38 years of ministry, but what I don't know, I will definitely find the answer if it's available. And again, uh, we just want to be a source of encouragement, of strength, of growing in the knowledge of the Lord and of deepening your walk with God. So again, thank you so much for being on Maintain the Flame today. Again, we we count it an honor and a privilege to come to you week after week with recordings, with with shows and episodes that um, challenge you, that cause you to have a deeper hunger and thirst for the Lord. You know, I, I had a minister... He was pretty well known at one time, and he was part of David Wilkerson's ministry at Times Square Church, and and also had his own, you know, pastored and, and did a taught and things like that. But he told me one time, he said, Keith, you know, the greatest thing that a minister of the gospel is called to do when they preach or teach the word of God is to make people more hungry and desirous of the Lord Jesus than they were before the people or the person heard them speak or teach or t- or preach. So, so I. I, I, I took that to heart, and listen, my passion is that as you hear Maintain the Flame each week, and you know we do different topics and subjects. If you've been listening for the last few months or the last year or even two years, you know that some themes that are recurrent are things like intercession, revival, biblical purity, um, the fire of God, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I mean, these are things that, that are near and dear to our hearts. However, we do talk about other things, and from time to time, we have guests on, and we'll be doing more of that in the coming months. Also want to announce that we are going on YouTube. So um, in a couple of weeks, and I'll make this known to you, we will be having this available to you via YouTube, and we want to start doing some live stuff on YouTube as well as we move forward. But again, thank you so much for being a part of this program today. I am back in my office here in Charlotte, North Carolina after an amazing trip to the Philippines. Good to be home, but you know, it's always kind of a a bittersweet thing. I, I, I left so many dear people, dear friends, dear missionaries that, that I love so dearly. But at the same time, it's it's a blessing to be home with my wife and my 
children, my seven grandchildren, get ready to be eight grandchildren. We had uh, a little birthday party for a couple of my grandchildren this past weekend, and just such a blessing to be a part of the family that God has blessed me with. So it's good to be with you today. And again, I pray that what you're going to hear over the next few minutes is going to encourage you that you'll leave hearing maintain the flame today with the thought that I know there's a deeper place in the Lord that's available for me. And I've learned 38 years of ministry, friend, I've, I've never arrived. There's never been a place that I've come to where I feel like that, hey, I have reached the crescendo of Christianity or ministry or life. <laughs> Every time I have an experience with the Lord, I'm more humbled at what I don't know and hungry to know more. And I think that should be our posture, a posture of meekness and humility at the same time, a posture of hunger and thirst for more and more and more of Jesus, more of the love of the Father, more of the power of the amazing Holy Spirit. So so may that happen as you listen today. And you know, today I, I did want to return back to <laughs> I call a recurring theme and, and I'll tell you why. When I was in the Philippines, I was really gripped with this theme. And I'm currently writing about this. So I'm in the process of writing and researching um, a new book that the Lord's really burned upon my heart. You know, many times we hear the name Dwight Moody or D.L. Moody. Um, we hear the name Charles Finney. We know the name, many of us do, Amy Carmichael. We've heard of Reinhard Bonnke. We've heard of Smith Wigglesworth. We've heard of all these great men and women of God that have literally impacted history. And, and many of us you know, look at their lives and they are a pattern for us to follow. They they are, you know, an example of intimacy with Jesus, holiness of life, power in the Holy Spirit. Um, thankfully, many of them did not fall into sin or to foolishness. Some of the great men and women of God that he has used have fallen into sin, which is tragic. But, it, but to me, that also shows the frailty of humanity and how that we must stay intimate with the Lord. And if we get out on our own, in our own gifts, in our own strength, then we become an open target to the enemy. And even as we're close to the Lord, the enemy's always firing at us. He's always um, sending forth fiery darts to hinder, to stop, to, to, to destroy our lives, our families, our ministries, whatever. But we can stand strong. So thank God for men like John Wesley. Thank God for men like D.L. Moody. Thank God for men like Charles Finney. But can I tell you, there are people that were behind their ministries. And what I mean by that, um, I have never known of anyone used mightily by God or even a revival that happened that was so mighty and powerful that touched maybe a nation or a city or a region. I've never read about those type of events or those type of people when there was not prayer and intercession connected with them or to them. Do you realize in the ministry of Charles Finney, who was used mightily in the Second Great Awakening in America in the 1800s, Finney eventually became the president of Oberlin College in Ohio, but 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 Finney had a powerful evangelistic ministry, and he would go into to towns like um, Yonkers, New York, or places like this, and he would preach the gospel. The fire would fall. Many, many people radically converted, and I don't know exactly how they determined these figures, but a large percentage of Finney's converts stayed saved 
and focused on living for the Lord. Um, but what many people don't know, some do, if you've studied history and, and you understand the history of revival and stuff, but many people know the name Charles Finney, but you don't know the names Abel Clary or Daniel Nash. They called him Father Nash. These were two men. I'm sure there were others, but these were two men who embraced a burden from the Lord to pray for Finney, but more than praying for Finney, they prayed for the lost. They prayed that lives would be transformed and changed by the power of the preaching of the gospel, the blood of Jesus, the the source of strength through the power of the name of Jesus to set the captive free. They would literally pray, and, and history even says that there were times when Charles Finney was on a wooden platform preaching. This is back in the 1800s, remember? And these men, or these maybe one or two at the same time, or maybe at different times, or maybe at the same time, they would literally be underneath the wooden platform interceding for the ministry that was being um, you know, lived out on the platform through Charles Finney preaching the gospel. So their lives consisted of deep intercessory um, yearning and groaning. And, you know, I have... I've I've talked for years. If you talk to my students, they'll tell you that one of the things that's been, you know, um, part and parcel for my ministry is to talk about the burden of the Lord. What does it mean to feel what God feels, to see what He sees, and to minister from His perspective, to minister from His heart? What does it mean to have a prophetic heart? It doesn't just mean you prophesy, but to have a prophetic heart literally means that you embrace the heart of the Lord. If you look at the Old Testament prophet, whether it be Jeremiah or Isaiah, Jeremiah cried out, my agony, my agony, I writhe with pain. As he looked at that that southern Davidic kingdom um, called Judah, really based out of Jerusalem, and he saw the condition of his people, he, he was gripped with pain. In other words, he felt what God felt. He said things like, I wish that my eyes were a river of tears. He said that he wept in secret for Judah. Um, here is a man that is consumed with the burden of God's heart. He was known as the, the weeping or the wailing prophet. He would be heard crying vehemently unto the Lord because of the condition of his own people, Judah. So he's a man that embraced an intercessory role with the Lord. Isaiah cries out, oh God, rend the heavens, come down. You know, as as fire causes water to boil. I mean, he's he's recollecting, even remembering how the Lord would come down on Mount Sinai um, in the presence of Moses and the children of Israel years years before his existence. But he's jealous and in a good way and desirous that the Lord would move among his people. Um, Moses was jealous for the name of the God of Israel, Yahweh, the God of Israel, amongst the Egyptians. So on and on, we see that there have been individuals. Individuals that have embraced the burden of God's heart, that have embraced this prophetic role of standing in the gap when others would not do it. And I'm convinced more than ever before, friend, this is the great need for the church. And I've read this verse before, but I want to read it again. This verse kind of amazes me. Um, Romans 8, verse 26 and 27, Paul the Apostle says, In the same way... The Spirit helps us in our weakness. Why? Because we don't know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. Why? Because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Now, that, that's a powerful picture there. And I am convinced 
I'm fully convinced many people have never experienced this Romans 8, 26, and 27 type of praying. This is not just, you know, raising your voice in a prayer meeting or screaming out or, or even crying. No, this is a place of depth in the Lord where you literally embrace the burden or the the yearning of God's heart so much so that your your, your actual being, your personage is taken over by the Holy Spirit and the Lord through the Holy Spirit, prays through you, even with words that, that cannot be uttered. Um, another, translate, another translation says that, that, that it's, it's intercession for us with groaning which cannot be uttered. Um, this is a deep, deep place. Now, I, I'll tell you, in my own life, I have been here a few times. Not every time that I pray do I get into this realm. Um, but I have experienced this, and I've been with others that experienced this, and I've seen the fruit of it. I, I've I watched a young girl one time get so gripped with the burden of the Lord, and it was somewhat challenging. Um, it was piercing her cries, her vehement cries into the Lord, and she began to call out a name. And we realized several weeks later on a trip to to Asia that she was literally calling out the name of a village that had never been reached with the gospel as of yet, as far as anybody knew. And the last day of our ministry trip before we flew back from there to America, we were walking with the leader, and he told us that this is that village. And we were all just blown away. And it amazed me how the Lord grabbed this little girl's heart, as she, this young lady's heart, maybe 19, 20 years old, and she literally began to cry out the name of this village that she had never been to before. I didn't, to be honest with you, when she was praying and crying out this one word, I don't know if it was um, a tongue, um, an unknown tongue, or maybe... I wasn't sure what it is, but or, or what it was, but she was also groaning and travailing in the midst of crying out this name, and and it kind of reminds me of this Romans eight position to where the Lord literally used her to prepare the way in intercession for the ministry that would take place in that village that day we were there, and as far as I know, there was a church planted there, and as far as I know, that church continues. But I remember many people, including the lead elder or the chief um, of the village, was saved that day, and. Many of the people, I think there's maybe 300, 350 people in the entire village, but a large percentage of that village bowed their knee to Jesus that day and gave their heart to the Lord. And listen, um, we could have went and we could have been faithful to preach the gospel, but there was something powerful about the fact that the Holy Spirit knew we were going there and he gripped this young lady's heart and she begins to cry out, with words that she didn't understand, I didn't understand, but she was literally crying out the name of that village for what a, what seemed to, and this was many years ago, this was like uh, maybe back in 1997 or 98 down in Florida in a prayer chapel, but at least 45 minutes, maybe an hour, it's been a long time ago, but it was a long time that this burden came on her and gripped her heart. So listen, I don't have a lot more time here today, but I want you to understand something. There's a deeper place in prayer. There is a place that we can step into, a place that's fueled by intimacy with the Lord, a place that, that's fueled by a life that's given over to the Lord, a life of sacrifice. And I know we don't like to talk about that in much of the modern teaching that we have in America, but Paul's very clear in Romans that we are to become living sacrifices. Um, there's, there, there's something about a willingness 
to lay your life on the altar of intercession, to, to lay your life on the altar of prayer, to where you come to the place, to where you acknowledge, Lord, it is not about me. But God, if you can use me in my frailty, in my weakness, um, in my stumbling, whatever, if you can use me, God, purify my life. Um, purify my spirit and Lord take over my thoughts take over my tongue I love Paul's words in Galatians 2.20 I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me he lives through me um, friend, there's there's a deeper place that we're being called to. We we are witnessing some of the darkest days that I've ever seen in my nation, in America, but also around the world. We we are in an hour and in a season where perversion has been normalized, has been celebrated, and now it's even being promoted. We're in a season where much of the church, even some of the church world that at one time had a heart for revival and had, had history in moves of God, now they have embraced perversion and ungodliness. And even from the very pulpits of these churches, um, preaching uh, and espousing things that are completely anti-biblical and anti-Christ. Listen, there, there's one hope for this hour, my friend. There's, there's one hope for the church in America, for the church around the world. There's, there's one hope for revival. There's one hope for awakening in a nation. There's one hope for our families, our friends. And that's somebody somewhere has to become an intercessor. And I know there's people that pray. And I, I honor them, and I've known some great prayer warriors. As a matter of fact, as I'm researching and writing this book, I, I'm getting closer to some of these great men and women of God throughout history that have paid the price in the secret place, not the platform, not the um, not the the cover of famous Christian magazines or anything like that, not on social media, but people that have paid the price to walk in a deep, intimate way with the Lord. And as a result, God used their obedience and their sacrifice where they literally laid themselves on the altar of his purposes and God filled them with his spirit. As a result, nations have been changed. Cities have come to know Jesus over the history of revival, the history of the church. Um, people have been transformed and radically saved, born again of the Spirit of God. But my friend, we want the results without the investment. Now listen, I know grace is a gift. I know salvation is a gift. And there's nothing we can do, according to Paul in Ephesians and other places, there's nothing we can do to add to salvation. However, because we are saved, now we become priest unto the Lord. We are called to the priesthood of believers as a priestly people. What does a priest do? A priest ministers unto the Lord before they ever minister to the people. We invest ourselves listen the high priest was the only one that went into the holy of holies he was the only one even allowed in there and there's something significant about understanding the fact that now you and i have been called we've been washed in the blood of jesus through the covenant of blood according to hebrews but listen now we've been called into the holy of holies we've been called into the place of the fire, the passion, the glory, the beauty of Jesus Christ. The, the, the strategies of heaven are made available to those of us who priestly, 
or who embrace a priestly role. And through priestliness, we minister unto the Lord first and foremost. You want revival, friend? There's no revival without prayer. There's no change without prayer. I'm, I'm, I'm about to close because of time, but maybe we'll pick this up again next week. But, but there's a mandate that I believe from that's coming from heaven. And that mandate is, will somebody, will some group, Pray and intercede. Will someone step into the Romans 8, 27 and 28 dynamic? Will someone lay their lives on the altar? Father, we thank you for your presence today. I thank you for truth. Truth that, that cuts through all the foolishness, all the production of humanity, all the talent and the gift that, that, that men can do and offer. And Lord, the truth that sets the record straight. And Lord, there are things that do not happen except we pray and become intercessors. May intercessors arise even as they listen to this today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Maintain the Flame today. And I'll be back with you next week with a new program, a new episode. May the fire of God burn brighter and brighter in your life. God bless you. Thanks again for being a part of this program today. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins today. I trust that you've been blessed and encouraged as you've listened. And if you hunger for a greater passion for the Lord that will not dim or subside, then let me encourage you to listen weekly to episodes that will encourage you in your walk with God. To learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at keith-collins.org or impactgf.org. May the fire of God burn brighter and hotter in your life. God bless you.